Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Jimmy Wicket, Mr. Meat Mayhem himself. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. Good. Living a dream. I hear you. This place is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, we worked hard building it out, so it's been a long time coming. Yeah, you got a lot of good stuff in here, that's yeah. for sure. Trying, trying. And uh, real quick, how are we connected by water? Meat Mayhem, mainly. Yeah. <laughs> You're the uh, official artist of all Meat Mayhem tournaments, and... We've got some really cool stuff come out this past year, and we're looking forward to the future. And people love what we're doing together, so it's awesome, man. It really is a great tournament circuit, and we're proud to be involved with it. We for appreciate sure. that. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, and it's growing quickly. So, what's um, what makes your tournament kind of unique in your mind? In my mind, Meet Mayhem was a little different than most other tournaments because I was on the other side of the realm for several years. I used to tournament fish. I fished a lot of great tournaments. I've fished all over the place. And I've talked to fishermen, and I kind of know what these guys want, what they want as far as what they want to see, how they want things to run, anything like that. So I've been on the other side of the spectrum. I kind of know. I accept what they what they tell me. I go into it with every tournament, which people think I'm crazy, but with open ears. We're always looking to make things better and we just kind of want to listen and, and put on high payout, fun events that people love to travel to from all over. And that's exactly what we've accomplished so far this year. Yeah, I think that shows, I mean, I, I see it based upon the reaction that the anglers and captains and the tournaments have with you. It's very much like a fisherman's fisherman's tournament. Yeah, and I'm know? friends with a lot of these guys. So we, yeah. we, we all relate. Like I said, it's, it is a business and it's run like a business, but at the same time, we enjoy doing it. We really have a good time and... I mean, I connect with these guys. I know what they want. They know what they want, and it kind of works out good for everybody. We have a really good time doing it, and we're having a blast doing it, that's for sure. It's going to be interesting to see, I think, in a couple of weeks, you got St. Augustine coming up, how that goes. Is this your first year up there? So this is the first time we're going to St. Augustine. Um, 
We originally moved our fourth Pro Series event up there just because the fishing is great this time of year. There's a lot of big fish right on the beach. Um, it's pretty centrally located. So our fourth Pro Series stop, it's also going to be the final stop of the year. So it's going to get interesting as far as the championship. I think there's about nine pounds between the top five boats. So wow, it's uh, it's going to be fun. And we've decided... We're we, throwing wine corks in their gap shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to come down to the ounce, I think yeah. that's for sure. But we originally weren't even going to do a, an open event up there for the St. Augustine event, just for our first year to kind of get our feet wet, let people know who we are, what we do, just kind of invite them out. But we had such a great turnout of people calling and asking, hey, how do we get involved? How do we get involved? That we kind of felt like we were just... Uh, shutting the door on that whole Northeast Florida. So we decided mm-hmm. to open up and do an open tournament and we're excited about it because the phone's been good there. They get great turnouts up there and uh, we're looking forward to some big fish. That's for sure. Nice. So that's, that's the finality, finale, finality, the finale of the Kingfish Pro. pro that's right. right. The Kingfish Mayhem Pro Series. This is it. We're wrapping it up here in August in St. Augustine. So that's cool. It's fun. Yeah, that that is good. And then everything really kind of is restarting with the Bimini Wahoo kind of, even though it's still 2019 or is, or is it just everything you consider a restart of the Kingfish in Key West? Yeah, we'll, we'll restart the year down there in January at Key West. So we're, uh, we wrap up August with the Kingfish circuit and then we do our Bimini Wahoo mayhem, which we just announced that on social media a couple of days ago and we've already got boats signing up a lot of repeat guys. So it's, uh, that's pretty, that's a pretty special event to us for sure. It's nice. And we're capping that at 40 boats, 40 and, boats. Yeah. That's a big payout it's with huge. a 40-boat cap. It's huge. Was Guy, it 150 or something like that? I think last year we paid out 187000 cash. That's pretty good for a meat tournament. <laughs> it's yeah, nice. And, and two, two years in a row, the same team won, so we're going to see what happens. Uh, yeah, Warpath, right. it's a pretty, pretty wild story that they have there, but it's, uh, it's been good. It's, it's always fun to get across the pond there and meet a lot of different guys we don't get to see on a regular basis. and. There's definitely some awesome wahoo fishermen from all over the place. I mean, we got guys throughout the Bahamas and Alabama, North Carolina, Georgia. They travel all over just to come compete in that. So yeah, nice. I think we're going to be heading over there with you this year. I hope so. You you blew me off last year. So. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> circumstantial. Somebody had to get the podcast ready, right? Yeah, was, yeah, exactly. We'll blame it on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, St. Augustine's nice. I like that town. It's There's fun. A lot of good people up there too. Yeah, you know, I remember at one point. Um, I guess everyone down in South Florida at one time or another kind of flirts with like leaving South Florida and like moving somewhere else in the state. So that was kind of one of our towns that we were kind of looking into at one point. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's really tough for me to ever leave South Florida. It's home, you know, um, but we really liked St. Augustine a lot. I mean, that, that is such a cool, cool town, all the history that they have there. And, um, it's a really good fishery. Yeah, the um, fishery is really good. Yeah. There. And, uh, you know, a lot of cool people really is right. They got the St. John's Rivers, like right there, too, for all the freshwater action, like right behind them. And, Not far, yeah. Yeah, so it's a pretty cool dynamic there. Yeah, we're, we're excited to see the, the fishing up there because we hear about how great the fishing is just off the beach. I mean, I talked to a guy just yesterday calling, inquiring about the open tournament, and he said he caught a 37 pounder on a ballyhoo, like 16 feet of water off the beach, right really? out the inlet. So. I mean, that time of year, the big fish move in there. They're chasing the mackerels and, and that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. It's yeah. going uh, to be a wild finish there for the Pro Series. We're excited for it. Very cool. So take me through a little bit how all this started, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, you know, the fairly kind of 
I don't want to say new tournament because you, you've been around for quite going a few, on, quite a few going years, on five years now, five years, but it's like really kind of build, built up like a lot of momentum in the past couple of years. Yeah. And like I said, I really definitely think we contribute a lot of that to just the connections I have as far as being involved in the tournament circuit. I mean, I've traveled all over in fish tournaments. I've been very fortunate enough to travel all over the world and catch a lot of great fish and meet a lot of good people. And that kind of definitely helps because you build relationships and you build a following and friendships and people always want to get involved with new stuff. And we definitely felt that we could put on some sort of tournament circuit series that guys can relate to and, and enjoy fishing. And I mean, it basically all started <laughs> going on now. F- this will, we're going into our fifth year, but it was our, our first event. Right. I uh, obviously, as you know, I'm a charter boat captain as well too. And I basically wanted to put on an event for a few charter boat guys, mm-hmm. basically bragging, right? Hey, we're better than you. You know, the typical, nothing crazy, nothing. I mean, there's a ton of tournaments out here. There's a lot of great tournaments in South Florida. And uh, we enjoy fishing those as well, too, but we just wanted to kind of do something on our own. So I said, let me put something together. We'll get 10 or 12 charter boat buddies and maybe a handful of guys, and we'll have a good time. So my wife, Lauren, I told her, I said, hey, we're going to put on a tournament. And she's like, well, I think you're a little crazy. You know, we don't have enough going on already. And I'm like, no, this will be fun. All the guys' ideas are crazy, right? Yeah, she always thinks I'm nuts. But I said, okay, yeah, we'll put on a little something here and – I reached out to Bass Pro Shops and said, hey, we need to use your restaurant, do a little captain's party. And, you know, I have a great relationship with with the Bass Pro Shops and the family there. And we said, okay. So we set it up, invited a couple boats, put out a few social media posts. Okay, great. 10, 12 boats. Well, I don't think Lauren ever was going to kill me more than that night in April when we put on the captain's meeting and there was 57 boats signed up. So right, right off the bat, right off the bat, the first time we ever really? had, yeah, 57 boats. So, I mean, we had a line of people. I wasn't expecting it. I mean, it was like, holy crap. What, what do we get ourselves into? So that was in the first year, the first year, first tournament. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was crazy because a good buddy of mine, Terry, who runs the pier 66 Marina, I said, Terry, I need a little spot to weigh in a few boats or whatever. And he about wanted to kill me. Cause I thought his boss was going to fire him for having to weigh in there with mega yachts and here we are with 50 something boats trying to Mm -hmm. weigh in he looked at me like dude never again i'm like no never again (laughs) yeah right but it was something we were going to move forward with because we had traction you know guys reached out afterwards and said look we had a great time and we really enjoyed being part of it and people like new stuff that's the bottom line and you know i think there's a lot of like i said there's a ton of great events in south florida and throughout the southeast u.s u.s excuse me but i definitely think there was some holes and guys guys involved they, they they really like what we're doing i mean there's a great great group of hardcore king fishermen still out there there's been some ups and downs with the sk it's been recently bought mm-hmm. um the guys who bought it seem to be doing a really good job with it which is cool and they've definitely sanctioned most of our events this year our open right, events so you guys have we've kind of partnered yeah, up so we're it's worked it's worked together yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're kind of piggybacking off with that and that's helped out and i think it helps both of us out because there's a huge long-standing tradition with the sk and you know, I mean, those kingfish guys—they're hardcore. We, we really, we really enjoy putting those events on because I mean, these guys are just—they're balls to the walls. So yeah, that's it. They're, no, they're nuts. We've talked about this before, where it's just like kingfishing is just a sport. It's like it really is. It's yeah. it's, it's it's awesome. You know, I love it. You know, I mean, it's, I, I love you know catching a big slob and pulling it over the gunnel and yep. you know just it's it's great with you know kite fishing for them and 
slow yeah. trolling. I mean, yep. when, when you put a five pound runner out the moat right behind yep. the motors and they eat behind the boat and the prop wash, I mean, there's nothing better, but yeah. we've, uh, we've, th- like I said, we, we sat down and said, Hey, look, you know, we did a couple tournaments and it worked out well. And we went down to Key West and put on a tournament down there first, that first Key West event. And after I left Key West driving home, I said, there needs to be something more than what we're just doing with these couple individual events. We need to put on a circuit. We have the following. There's nothing going on. The old SK Pro Series has gone away. And, you know, there's the group of guys that want to travel. They want to have fun. They want to fish. And they want to catch big fish and win a lot of money. And that's basically what Meat Mayhem's all about is we want to put on an event at the best time of year for an opportunity for guys to catch the biggest fish and win the most money. That's mm-hmm. the bottom line. And that's, yeah. what, that's, what fish, that's what a tournament fisherman wants to do. They want to have fun. They want to go to cool places. They travel to different places and have a good time. I mean, Key West is great, and we got some really big stuff in the works for next year as well, some new venues, and we're super, super excited about that. But like I said, we, we're we moving. We're traveling forward. We're, we're growing, and things are good, and payouts are getting bigger, and more and more boats are calling trying to get into the Pro Series for next year, and our open events have grown every single year, and we're just we're looking forward to. We had an awesome time this Swordfish Mayhem tournament this past couple months ago in June. Oh, that's right, Swordfish Night. Yeah, dude, that's something else. You know, what I mean, there's been several Swordfish tournaments over the years, and you know, some of them were going away, and people were calling us asking if we could do something, and you know, it kind of stepped out of my realm of the whole kingfish type of group. But I said, you know, I definitely think there's a possibility there, and people thought I was absolutely nuts when I said we were going to have several way stations and how are you going to do that but we put had our team together and everyone worked out great you know it was awesome and everyone had a really good time and you know i did the swordfish guys are definitely a different breed let me tell you it's yeah <laughs> i've learned a lot about those guys in a, in a few yeah, they're quick in a league of their own oh yeah they're they're yeah. good guys but they're definitely a different breed but um we had a blast doing that we weighed some awesome fish and uh i definitely think that event will grow next year too we're looking forward to that as well so did you check out my swordfish bill? I did. The, the, the one as tall as you? That's yeah. it. That's the one. <laughs> so what happened with that? I know you didn't catch that, Dennis. I jumped in the water and I swam down 1,200 feet. Yeah. You mean at the boat ramp you found it? Right. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's been sitting in the studio for like four years. All right. And I just like, that's one of those projects. Like I never do anything for myself. Like everything here is tied to a project and I can't. You know, like been staring at it. I'm like, yeah, one day I'm going to paint that thing. One day I'm going to paint that thing. And then I look at my project list and I'm like, I'm yeah, not right. painting it today. not painting it today. Every I'm sure it'll be cool when it's all it done. Today. That's for sure. Yeah, hopefully soon. That'd be cool. I think one thing, um, historically speaking, one thing I think that's always made tournaments fail um, is the ownership and lack of trust in the ownership from the anglers to the ownership of the tournament. Um, I think that people have a very good sense to trust you that you're doing the right thing. You're handling the business the right way. You're handling the tournament the right way, handling the money the right way. Um, and just overall you being a fair judge of how things get, um, decided upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're a very well respected angler, um, you know, charter guide at Bass Pro here in Danny beach. Um, you know, you, you got the full support of Bass Pro behind you, full support of Mako. Um, Mercury is right. another huge sponsor of yours, um, among many other people that come in and get involved with your tournaments. Um, but I think that's a big factor with me, Mayhem. I think, I, at least what I see mm-hmm. um, is the fact that, you know, people know uh, Jimmy's going to run it right, you know, and Jimmy's doing it right. Or, you know, he's, he's hearing us, he's listening to us, or, um, or he thought this through, you know. Yeah. 
And I think that's important um, because I think historically speaking, if you look at a lot of other tournaments, some guys would be like, wow, the entry was this much and the payout was only this much. And, you know, where's the rest of that? Or, you know, maybe that didn't happen right. Or, you know, maybe they made the wrong decision on a call or something like that. Um, So can you talk to maybe some more of that kind of issue? Yeah. Well, it's like I said, it's, we don't do anything until we've overthought it with any event, especially for instance, this swordfish tournament. We were asked two years ago to put on a swordfish tournament and I just wasn't ready. It wasn't thought out well. And, you know, multiple location, multiple way locations, that's, it's tough, you know, and you got to make sure things are run smooth, but we always, I always overthink things. I overanalyze things and what could go wrong and how are we going to handle that? So nothing does go wrong. That's my biggest thing is we want to run as smooth as possible and we want people to have a good time. We want people to talk great about us and want to come back next year. And, you know, we got, for instance, the Pro Series. We're moving the Pro Series to 50 boats next year. Really? Um, so basically the first 40 boats that are pre-registered this year, they have the first option, right of refusal, and then we'll open up the remaining spots. And, I mean, we get phone calls every single day. And it's, hey, how do we get in for next year? Or how much do I have to pay more to get in right now? And it doesn't work like that. I'm, I'm as fair as they can be. I'm a straight uh-huh. shooter, dude. This is what it is. We're black and white. We're transparent. You go to any one of our tournaments, you're going to see me and you're going to see my wife at the registration table. I might not be doing much. I might just be looking good. But well, she really runs the show. She runs the show. She's the <laughs> boss. <laughs> and she'll tell you that flat out. For sure. But um, like I said, people, I think, definitely respect that. You know, you go to a lot of these other tournaments up in the mid, uh, the Northeast. And I mean, I fished a lot of them. The White Marlin Open, the Mid-Atlantic. That's, those are huge, huge, huge operations. But no one really knows who's the main person behind that or who's the key component behind that or who, who do I really talk to if there is a problem? People know when they come to one of our events, they see me the moment they walk in the door, they see me doing the, the, the weigh-ins, they see me doing the award. I mean, our face is glued to this logo right here. And, mm-hmm. and I want people to always be able to know that they can come to us and say, Hey, look, we think this was a problem or we think you should have done this differently. And I get other tournament directors call me and say, Hey man, you know, we, uh, you kind of open the door for some people to complain about X, Y, and Z, you know, and the way we run our tournaments is just black and white. And I'm not that kind of person. I want to hear what these people have to say. I want to know how do we make Meat Mayhem better if we can in any way, you know, how do we make your time fishing with us in our event? And I mean, it costs a lot of money for these people to travel all over and we want to make sure that everyone enjoys it and has a good time and comes back next year and sees us again. Cause you know, when they have a good time, they're going to tell their buddies and just their buddies are going to come. And that's just how this brand's grown is really word of mouth. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fun, you know, and, and the payouts you were saying about the payouts. I mean, people think we're crazy with the amount of money we pay out, but without our sponsors, we would be nothing. It's, it's about our sponsors and we're very, very fortunate and we love our sponsors and we, uh, we, we appreciate them for sure. I mean, people definitely tie the Bass Pro, Mako, and Mercury title sponsorship with Meet Mayhem. I mean, they're behind us, and without them, th- th- those sponsors, I mean, those payouts for these tournaments would be nothing. So Yeah, they excited. really do a good job of supporting the whole circuit. I mean, I, I had the pleasure of meeting a few of them at the IGFA at the Fort Lauderdale event mm-hmm. you know, last year, and they had nothing but you know, great things to say, you know, and they sponsor a lot of other things too, along the way too, I'm sure. But you don't always hear them saying, yeah, this, they might have to sponsor certain things, but it don't genuinely seem like they wanted to be involved. Yeah. No, we have have a great partnership. And like I said, we try to work together and grow as a whole, you know, everyone grows together and it's successful for everybody. So that's Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do at the end of the day. Yeah. The, um, I want to go back a little bit further, like just growing up in South Florida. Um, 
you know, you're, have you always grown up in with like the Davy Cooper, Cooper city Cooper area? City Davy area. Yeah. Yep. Always grew up there. So, so is the house you're in, that's not, is it like close to like where you grew up? I'm about 10 minutes from where I grew up at about as 10 a minutes. child. So you live on a farm. We have some I'm, farm animals, <laughs> <laughs> a couple. So you were trying to tell me a story about with the calves. Yeah, we had a, new issues. We My had, calves gave me issues this morning getting out of the house too, but mine are six and eight, and <laughs> you know, need to talking to. Yeah, no, we uh, yeah we got a we got a small little farm there at the house, and have some animals on some property around around the house there as well too. But we've uh, we bought our kids a calf a few years ago, five years ago, mm-hmm. and you know then you need a goat. And then, and, and then you need another dog and then you need five goats. And now we're at about 70 head of cattle and 40 Nigerian. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. You. 40 Nigerian what? Dwarf goats, like miniature goats. We Come on. Yeah. So, and my, I was just my kids love I didn't it. realize you had that many animals at your house. Oh no, no. Yeah. It's a, it's a full circus. Are you when, serious? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're busy this afternoon or you want to come out and help out or what? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. It's a it's a full circus, but we enjoy it, man. Like I said, we uh, I, I try to give my kids the best up growing they How can. How the hell do you keep up with that? Uh, long days. Long I'm days. serious. It's I mean, because you're 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 running the whole tournament circuit, right? You're chartering. Yep. And, <laughs> and we're running the zoo, and we got a few animals at the zoo. But uh, no, the kids love it. You know, it's you have to hand feed these things. Sometimes, sometimes you'll get a mother that won't take the best of care of the calf, so you got to become the mom, like we had to do with this calf of the house right now. So, you know, at four o'clock in the morning, that calf is mooing because she's hungry. Come on. So you know, you got to go out there and hey, I'm here. Feed the cow. Because <laughs> you know, my kids aren't up at four o'clock in the morning to do that. Wow. So. But do the it, kids feed them? Oh yeah, they yeah they're really good. They love it and. They both want to be vets, so hopefully they'll take care of mom and dad when they get old, when we get older, and yeah, I think it's really good. It's good for them, and they bring their friends over, and their friends think they're the coolest kids in the world because they got a cow in their backyard, but it's... Well, when we come over, when we're supposed to come over to your house in a couple of weeks, and the kids are going to go nuts, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's just like the ultimate petting zoo, you know? Just do whatever you want. <laughs> wow. So I think they're going to become vets just because they're just going to naturally become vets. And they love animals. I mean, so it's... without even the schooling, just from experience. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've seen more than most kids have seen at their age. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> have they ever seen one being born? Um, Pretty, pretty yeah. Like almost. an animal birth? Or like just, just after, like basically yeah. just after, yeah. Traumatizing? No, no, no. They think it's the cutest <laughs> thing in the world, you know. They just want What do you oh. think? Hey, John, we got John and... Do you, have How's you ever seen an animal birth, John? No, I haven't. Come Just, on, John, don't lie. Do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. I can give him a call. Yeah. Roll up your sleeves. No, I've seen probably just, mu- just as much as uh, Aubrey and Bella. Right. Yeah. Dennis, I might need some help next week, though, for real, if you're around. I'm all about animal births. <laughs> Better you than me. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> He's got so a new one popping up pretty much every day. <laughs> Maybe rabbits? No, no rabbits. No. What else you got on that farm? You got goats? Goats and chickens. All right. And cows. How many dogs do you have now? Three dogs. Three dogs. Donkeys. And what else do we have? And gators that wake and up. And Hershey. And Hershey, the kid's pony. That's a lawn ornament. 
Horse has never been ridden. <laughs> he is a lawn ornament. He's cool. And your gators wake up, I hear. The what? Your gators wake up sometimes, I hear. The gators? And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My gators. Um, What about your dad's got a bunch of land, too? Yeah, he's got some hunting land up in North Florida, so we try to slip up there. Does he have a there. farm, too? No, no, no. He, he comes down and... Enjoys mine and then leaves. You know, it's a lot easier that he's way. He's smart. Yeah, he's really smart. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. but. <laughs> so where's your dad's land up again? Uh, Madison, near, near Madison County. Right? Yeah, he's 60 miles west of Tallahassee. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, east of uh, Tallahassee there. We got to head up there. We got to go do some hunting up there for sure. We also have to go to Nova Scotia. I told you, I'll set that up. I got I'm the, serious. I got the guy to go when you're I'm ready. in for that one too. You want to come? John, can yeah. you get the day oh, off? Oh, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. All right. On. We'll do a podcast. We'll on do the a boat. podcast from there. We'll interview the the bluefin. They're a little different breed up there for sure. Oh, that's good though. <laughs> <laughs> How so? They're good people. They're good people, but things are a little different than down here. Elaborate, please, sir. Uh, We're on a podcast. Oh uh, gosh, it's uh, it's a fun time. Let me tell you, I've uh, I've met some really good friends up there and built, like I said, some great relationships and caught a lot of good fish. And we got to go. It's fun. How big are those things get? They get really big. Like Volkswagen big, right? Oh, bigger. Really? Bigger. We, uh, I went up there four years ago now was my, tr- my first trip up there. And I went with a guy who I was running his boat for and he wanted to go catch one. So we decided to go and I reached out to a guy I had met and called him up and said, Mike, I got to bring this guy up. We're going to catch a fish. And he's like, oh, I got a tag left, you know, and mm-hmm. it's a really heavily heavily regulated fishery it's an awesome fishery because of the regulations that the canadians put on the fish so basically from what my understanding is is the guides can put in every year for a tag Mm -hmm. they get a tag and then basically they can sell the tag to one of their clients and what that is is a kill tag so you basically can hang the fish Mm -hmm. well we went up there right at the tail end of season which was uh like right before halloween in october there right and he wound up already having his tag filled, but he called me a couple days prior and said, Hey, we, uh, there was like a lottery for an additional tag and would I like to come up and, and we could harvest a fish. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he keeps the fish and fish money and all that, but we could harvest it or whatever. He said, I have to do it within like X amount of days. I said, yeah, let's go. So we planned a four day trip up there just because the weather and fishery, you know, it can be a little funky. Sometimes you got to kind of find the fish. So we flew up there and got to Nova Scotia and Awesome place. They got a whole full deal. I mean, cabin overlooking the ocean, like really cool. That's spot. half the reason why I want to go there. It's I've awesome. never been to Dude, that it's area. It's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. Really, really, really cool place. Went down to the to the to the fisherman's wharf right there. The first night we got there, and there was a a fish like five seventy was weighed in, and you know, it's like holy crap. That's we're here. You know, this mm-hmm. is this is real deal. And when you see a fish like that hanging, you're like, wow, this is this is cool. It's a big football. It is. Yeah. So we uh, kind of went home, did our thing, and said, hey, look, we're ready for the morning. Got to the boat, met Mike down at the boat. We had about a, I don't know, 25-mile run. And it's pretty cool how they were fishing for him this time of year. They were, uh, they get on these big sardine boats where these sardine boats will kind of net, uh, net all the bait, and the bluefins get in there and start just, breaching everywhere behind them. So we pulled up with the boat to the, to the, the sardine boats there. 
And then the sun was just coming up. You could barely see. And it's like, next thing you know, these things look like whales coming out of the water. I mean, just like busting everywhere. And me being a fisherman's freaking out. Like, come on, let's go. Hurry up. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, dude, relax. Like, I'm like, dude, we're going to miss the bite. And he's like, it's not like that. Yeah. So. Uh, it's not Florida and it's not 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put out two baits. It wasn't 30 seconds. We were tight. Really? And yeah. It was, it was good. And uh, how long did that fish take to bring up? Fish, we fought that first fish for about three hours on a 130 with about 75 pounds of drag. Wow. You better be in real shape. That's together. work, man. Yeah. I, don't, I need to start doing push-ups. <laughs> Something. I just had, we just had Troy um, from Papa's in here yesterday. We talked about all this like health stuff that he's doing. Like, oh, I'm, you know, my wife's bringing the kids. We're eating carrots in the movie theater. We're not eating all that junk and blah, blah. And now, you know, we're doing yoga and all that stuff. Like, I'm like, man, I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Exactly. So, but yeah, so we caught that first fish. I want to say that first fish was about 500 pounds. We released it and then um, put them back out and we caught another fish and... I believe that first day we caught four fish, four bluefins, mm-hmm. and the last fish we decided we were going to hang, we were going to kill it because he had a tag to fill. And he keeps that meat. Obviously, so he brings us to the market mo- and sells it. Yeah. In that meat. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, brought the fish back to the wharf and we hung that first fish, which was uh, 868. And, uh, it was pretty cool. It's bigger than my swordfish you were looking yeah, at earlier. Yeah. So we <laughs> still had three more days to fish. And I mean, I'm gassed. It's me and one other guy. And I'm like, Dude. yeah. So we said, all right. When How I'm, long are you out on the water? We left in the dark. We got back in the dark. Okay. But it's first class, man. Like sure. Lobsters sure. on the barbecue grill, like the mm-hmm. whole nine. It's just, they have a, they know how to do it right. They're, mm-hmm. they're really good guys up there. Went out the second day and, uh, same thing, man. The fish were there. It's like fishing in a pond. I mean, we started feeding them hot dogs and American cheese. We had them chummed up so good they were eating hot dogs. Yeah. It's I'm, pretty I'm wild. pretty good buddies with Andy Moyes. And yeah. He was, he came in the studio. Last time he was here just popping in, he was just showing me some stuff on his phone of doing Hand that. feeding. It's, just, just rolling on him, rolling on him, rolling on him. It's crazy. We got some awesome footage of it. And we, uh, we wound up catching three that day. And the third fish was a monster. We taped that fish out at uh, over 1,100 pounds. Really? Yeah. You have pictures to share with us? I do have pictures to share with you. Very nice. Like I said, in the water, we obviously didn't hang the fish, but we did right. the tape, and uh, it was a monster. Yeah. I mean, when you're using a 10 size hook. 1,100? Yeah, taped out at over 1,100 pounds. It's a mighty big fish. It was a big one. Yeah. It was a big one. So we... Uh, that was the day after you... That was the second day. Yeah. And we couldn't kill anymore. Yeah, you couldn't, yeah. So we killed set. I mean, we killed, we caught seven fish in two days Mm -hmm. and said, we had enough of this. We're going home. Right. (laughs) But it's, it's a really, really great fishery. So I'd love to go out there with you, man. It's, it's a blast. When are we going? Starts uh, next month. Does it? Until October. Let's go. August, October. I'm serious. It's cold. You better not go next month. (laughs) We're going to go in the middle of August. How about right after St. Augustine? Yeah, right after St. Augustine while John's on his honeymoon. That's where we're going. Where are you going on your honeymoon, John? We're going to Europe. So we're flying into Paris. Um, We're going to take a train from Paris to Amsterdam, and then we're going on a 12-day cruise around the British Isles. And then we get back into Amsterdam. We're going to take the train back to Paris and spend a few days there. 
Very cool. You yeah. gonna hang out in the red light district? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you, we drug test here at the Connected by Water. You know that, right? Yep, yep. When you I show know. up for your interview, if you don't have a joint on you, then you fail the test. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, mom. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. It is I didn't cool. realize you were taking a big trip like that. Yeah, yep. Well, you know those Viking River cruise things? Um, no, it's it's not a Viking River cruise. Um, so... I'll tell you the places we go to. We we uh, leave from Amsterdam. We go into Dover, England, and then we make our way up around Scotland, uh-huh. and then uh, come into Liverpool, and then we make a few stops in Ireland, Very and then cool. and then yeah, go that's back. awesome. That sounds like a great trip. Yeah, yeah. It's somewhere I've never been to Europe. Um, my wife has been to the Mediterranean and other places down there. She's never been to to Northern Europe or any of the places that we're going to. So we're both looking forward to it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, yeah, cool. it's like the joke my kids tell me all the time. You're American before you go to the bathroom, and you're American after you get out of the bathroom. What are you while you're in the bathroom? European. <laughs> all right. We got to get a camera on John. Yeah. Anyway, he refuses to be on camera. He wants to be incognito over there. I'm used to being behind the camera. That's right. He does a good job at it, too. Yeah. So, and I could elaborate on that, but I'm not going <laughs> So, August... Through October? August through October. You think we could pull it off? You say when. All right. I can make the call. All right. We'll go. It's official. All right. We're going to catch some bluefin. It'll be fun. As long as I can, you know, take breaks during that three-hour <laughs> fight. We'll be all right. It's, it's intense. And the, and the mates think it's great when you're fighting a fish at like 50 or 60 pounds and you're not paying attention and you look over and they bump it to full 85 pounds of drag and it about rips you out the chair and they, yeah. they think it's really funny. Yeah, you know, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's, when they don't get tipped. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, they they work their asses off up there. It's an, The fishery, though, I recommend anybody who enjoys fishing or wants to catch a big fish. That is one of the top places to be. All right. There in Australia. I'm ready to roll. Yep. I'm ready to roll. All right, cool. So I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with Bass Pro. Because you started working there. Yeah. Like as just like as a kid. Yep. Right? Fifteen years old. Fifteen years old, so we're gonna Bass Pro. That's right. So yeah, I think that's kind of the reason I wanted to bring that up is I want to have people have a little bit of an understanding of like Especially with the meat mayhem, it's kind of like an evolution of you, right? And um, because you know, you know, it didn't just start like a couple five years ago. It probably started like years, like when you were fifteen. Yeah, like this, like in Bass Pros, you know, the sponsor, you're the charter captain at Bass Pro and everything like that. So this is like home to you like this whole thing oh yeah you it's, we're just an extension of this whole family whole relationship it so is. you started there when you were 15 pushing shopping carts <laughs> people would never believe in it they ask all the time man how'd you get involved with the company oh, i started pushing shopping carts at 15 no 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 really how'd you really get involved no i really started yeah. pushing shopping carts and i did that for about a year and a half there until they would i was old enough to get more hours and, you know, when you're 15, you can only work like three or four hours in yeah. child labor laws. I mean, pushing shopping carts at Bass Pro Shops is pretty labor. Right. <laughs> Damn millennials. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, now they make machines for that kind of stuff. Right. But um, did that whole gig for a little while, and then I uh, 
moved over to the footwear department. You know, they said, oh, well, you need a promotion. You know, you're, you're uh -huh. too good for the shopping carts. We need to get you in the shoe sales. So I was Al Bundy for a few years. You know, <laughs> I can tell you anything you want to know about any shoe. Right. And uh, obviously I was fishing at that time. I was, uh, I had just bought my, uh, my first charter boat, which was actually a little flats boat. Did a lot of tarpon and snook trips. I made a lot of long nights and great friends out in government cut and haul over fishing for tarpon and snook in the inlets. And that's kind of where my whole charter career started. So that's kind of like your stomping grounds in there. Yeah, I, I did that for a long time. We caught a lot of big fish there. And, you know, I just from the charter standpoint, I realized that people come to South Florida to go deep sea fishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you're on a 19-foot Hughes, you cannot go deep sea fishing. Right. So, I mean... It was more, obviously, snook and tarpon. It's definitely a niche fishery. It takes a niche client. You know, you just can't get the average guy to come there. And, I mean, half, let's face it, a lot of these guys that come down here, they're happy catching bonitas. I mean, they don't know the difference. So when you right. say, oh, we're going to go cast the dock lights for snook, it's like, yeah, right. Yeah. So I quickly learned that I needed to kind Which of I'm switch gears. Fine with. <laughs> <laughs> I had to switch gears a little bit. And at that time, I was still at Bass Pro. And. You know, Bass Pro came to me, and I, between then, let me back up a little bit, there was an opening in the boat department where I was the service writer, so basically you bring your boat in, and hey, I want to get this and that, and want to add some rod holders, and I was kind of like that liaison where, hey, well, why don't we do this, or why don't we do that? You know, I had a niche with the boats, and mm -hmm. I like talking to people. That's the bottom line. And I was there for that department for a couple of years, and then the corporate guys came down one day and said, hey, you want to go to lunch? And I'm like, yeah. What, what did I do wrong? You know, like, right, right. you know, they don't just come down. So they came down and they said, Hey, um, we want to give you a boat. And I'm like, yeah, okay. He's like, no, no, no. We want to give you a boat to use and start chartering off of. And I'm like, no one just gets a boat given to them. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, 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 this is real. And so I said, yeah, okay. I don't believe you, but let's sign the contract. And, uh, we did, right. we did right there at lunch. And I started running a 284 Mako and it was an awesome boat. Fished a lot of tournaments in that boat. We caught a lot of big fish in that boat. We made a lot of money in that boat, whether mm -hmm. it be from charters. It's just an awesome platform. And you know what I mean? It was well thought out. And that's kind of where that whole boat side of Mako and Bass Pro really just took off. Mm -hmm. When I started being more involved with that and started running their boat for my charter business and was just able to expand my charter business that much more, because I could go offshore and the fish, the boat was still good enough to where if I had my clients who wanted to fish the inlets for snook and tarpon, we could definitely do it 100%. And it was definitely a turning point in my career as far as, wow, this is, this is real life. You know, these people believe in what I'm doing and they like who I am and they like to see what we're doing and let's roll with this, you know, and that's, it's been a great ride. You know, we've, uh, there's been a lot of really, really good t fun times that I've had with them and a lot of opportunities. And I definitely think we've helped each other out over the years. And I was fortunate enough to work with a couple of the engineers over the last several years. And they came to me and said, look, we want to build a bigger boat, but we want it to be a fishing boat. We want to have fishing aspects and we want you to have your thumbprint all over it. So, I mean, that was a I flew up to Miami, Oklahoma with a good friend of mine who no longer is with the company anymore, but great guy and we went to a hamburger joint i'll never forget miami oklahoma middle of nowhere and uh he's like look you know what do we uh what do you want to see or how do you want to do this or what do you think we should do kind of deal and i grabbed the napkin and made a few sketches and nothing like dennis freel you know yeah well, made a few yeah. sketches and gave it to him and he said that looks good and six months later there was a cad drawing of what i drew on a napkin and it was like 
holy crap, this is real life. Like, yeah, that, that had to have been pretty cool. It was cool. Yeah. And then a year later, it's, hey, why don't you fly up to Springfield and see this boat we're putting in the water? And, and it was your boat. It was basically the boat, the 33, 34 Mako that, I mean, I had, there was obviously other people involved in it, but as far as a lot of the aspects and the fishing, the fishability of it. And I mean, the wish list items and all that. Yeah. What, what the boat needed to have to make right. sure it competes with all these other boats. And, you know, guys, these hardcore guys want a lot of nice stuff. And I made sure that that was all put on there. I mean, it's the little things too. And, you know, it was, it was awesome. It was great. We got to, uh, we got to be really involved with that boat, that whole build. And mm-hmm. now and the boat you have now, is that an evolution of that same build? Same build. Cause your boat's beautiful. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it really is. So I had a uh, number one hull went to Mercury for testing mm-hmm. and development. And I had number two hull and I had that boat for about two and a half years. And now I have another 334 boat. Mm-hmm. Go, so it's uh like I said, we're, it's an awesome boat, man. As far as the fishability and the platform, it's an awesome, awesome boat. For what I do personally for my charter business and how we tournament fish with the live well situation, the second station tower, I mean, it's it's perfect. It's mm-hmm. But it's still 33 feet, so you can put six or seven guys on it, fish all day, and but still be able to maneuver around. I mean, some of these big center consoles, they get, they're getting crazy. I mean, it's... It's yeah. nuts. And and it's it's still affordable to run too, you know. Yeah, it's is just really just an, I mean, I don't know if it's social media or and everyone just seeing what everyone's doing or yeah. But in the last few years the center console industry has just launched. And then we're I mean, we're at the boat show I want to say three year two or three years ago and we're down at the Miami show, which is obviously the biggest show of the year, and I'm down there running my thirty three for demos and things like that. And the amount of people who come up to us and say, Oh, that's a nice boat, but Where's the next bigger one you got? Like, it's like, wow, is this really where this is going? So we kind of had a little group meeting there and said, we might need to build something bigger and keep up. And then same thing. We just, uh, we released that 41 Mako there Mm -hmm. two years ago and was right there and all in up to my knees in that build too. And it's, I mean, it's been awesome. Like I said, we, uh, it's been a great ride and I really, really enjoy working with, there's a great group of people and it's, it's a huge, huge, huge organization. But at the end of the day, we're all a family, man. Like I can pick up the phone anytime and call these guys and say, Hey, what do you guys think about this? Or, Hey, what do you guys think about doing a tournament here? Or, how can you, we be more involved or how can we capitalize on this? And mm-hmm. it's been good. It's been, it's been awesome, man. Like I said, it was definitely uh, a life changing event. You know, <laughs> when I got that first boat and been, we've had a lot of good stories with these boats. I mean, I've been lucky enough to travel with Johnny Morris and his family to some places and catch some awesome fish. And mm-hmm. it's been good. I see. He seems like a cool guy. Dude, he's the most down-to-earth dude. Yeah. He is, you never know. I mean, he is just he's a solid, solid guy for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Just, however, he wants to make sure everyone's having a good time all the time. And I got to do a f- pretty special trip there with him uh, three years ago, right before. Yeah, it was, uh, not four years ago, four years ago it was. It was, um, he went to, he sent a 284 Mako down to Australia. Mm-hmm. And... I went down there for two and a half weeks, me and a good friend there, Terry Robinson, who works with the Bass Pro Company as well. And Johnny had his whole family down there and we had a mothership and we had a Timmy Dean on the Calypso. We had his sport boat and we had the 284 Mako and we went on a seven day trip around the islands there. And it was, uh, it was crazy, man. We fished all the way around and, uh, fished the Great Barrier Reef the whole way down and, that yeah. sounds like a dream vacation. Dude, it was <laughs> it was work, Seriously. so they said, but yeah, I mean, dude, right, we had a blast. Right, right. I learned so much down there. I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah, exactly. 
but we had a, we had a real blast down there and uh we fished every day we fished a 28 mako every day and timmy dean ran the calypso and they would kind of juggle their family and their guests between the two boats and we wound up catching the biggest fish of the trip on the 28 and which was what that fish measured out. I have a mount on the wall. We released the fish, but it taped out at 1078. Black really? Monster. Black? Black. Nice. Is that is that near kind of Cairns? Yeah. yeah so we went, can, we, went out of can, we went out of Cairns, and then we worked our way down and down. And, I mean, any magazine or book you read about the Great Barrier Reef, you always hear of, uh, you know what I mean, these crazy stories, these fish, and, and, and what, what they do and how they eat. And you're like, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. You go out in the morning and you catch bait for a few hours. And when I say bait, you're not catching goggle eyes or speedos. You're <laughs> catching like 20 pound scaly mackerels. And mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty special when you, when you rig a 20 pound scaly mackerel up and you're trolling it behind a 28 foot boat. And this behemoth puts a hole in the ocean when it comes up and eats his bait. I yeah, mean, you're just, just like skipping this bail. Like, yeah. It's, it's something that you'll never, ever forget. I mean, crazy. It's a nice fish. Caught it on a 50. Stand wow. up. Wow. I don't I, even think she knew she was hooked. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> I was just talking to, because um, we were just at ICAST, so I was just talking to Dave Farrell yeah. about Australia, and um, we were hanging out at one of the after parties there, and um, he was trying to convince me to go. Well, then he's like, you got to go. You got to come. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And I'm like, well, an Australia Set trip. Set it up. Yeah. Right now, an Australia trip isn't in, on my schedule right now, but I'd love to go. Are you That's kidding awesome. me? The plane ride sucks, but yeah, that's right here. Yeah, here you it's like go eighteen for a hours. While. Yeah, it's it's a long time, but let me tell you, it's it's worth it. You'll uh, you'll experience some stuff down there. Like I said, the fishing is incredible, and you know it's definitely a place your kids will love. Sure, you'll uh, you drive down the highway and see. I mean, here we see uh, ibis is on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. There you see like kangaroos on the side of the road right <laughs> it's pretty cool man it's, yeah yeah uh, it's cool it's a good time for sure it's a totally totally different place the land of oz yeah yeah that's for sure that's awesome but i wanted to ask you going back to the um the inlet stuff you ever fished a hot water canal Daniel, the growing up like right off the power plant maybe? yeah yeah there's I a lot remember, of like as a kid sneaking in there well now you really can't get in now there, you but, can't you yeah. know what i mean i mean Post 9-11, there's, like, no way. But I remember, like, when we were in high school and stuff, we used to sneak in the fence holes. Yep. And just, like, just nail the tarpon. Tarpon like, in, in the there, winter there. the hot water running right off that power plant. That's right. No, yeah. there's there's definitely, uh, I mean, it's, that used to be really good there. And then even right there at the point where Port Everglades is, um, you can't go there anymore either. But I caught my biggest snook ever right there off that dock and that dock light there. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's nice. 52 inches. I don't think I'll ever beat that one. Yeah, that's a nice fish. It was a big snook. It's an overslot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> almost double. We got, we got this. Almost as tall as you, Dennis. Yeah, almost as tall. Almost as tall. I'm almost as tall as it. Actually, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry to do math in my head. Yeah, exactly. Got the snook master over here. Uh, John, what do you, what do you think about a 52-inch snook, John? That's small. That's small? <laughs> you no, catching I, that on your Zepco? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really big fish. That's a fish of a lifetime for sure. I don't think I'll ever beat that one. No. I'm mean, John probably has, but No, I haven't caught one that big. Come on, John. Nope. Still John trying. Chandra's was, was on a big one the other night I saw. Yeah. My buddy got a my buddy got a pretty nice fish. He got his biggest he got his biggest snook ever. It was a forty three. Nice fish. Nice and fat. Pre spawn yeah. fish. It was probably about twenty five, twenty five pounds, maybe yeah. thirty. Mm. 
John off the Lair's, beach. Yeah, cool. John and I are supposed to grab the fly rods and head up to uh, Jupiter the Red Reef Park. No, up in Boca, like North Boca. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon. Yeah. You want to come? Yeah. We're just going to walk the beach and just. I mean, I, I'll be all tangled up in it, but yeah. That's <laughs> right. I haven't picked bring, up a fly rod in about 10 years. I find my fly reel. Yeah, actually. it's been a while for me too, fly fishing. I had a nice new TFO, right, that um, I got from the CCA guys. And I brought it down to Isla Mirada, and I came back from this. This is a couple months ago. I came back from that trip. I can't find it. It's got to be around somewhere. So, but I anyway. I when that happens. Yeah, so we might have to go conventional. Yep. On maybe some of my new pen reels I'm going to be getting. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> those are those are on the way, actually. I was going to surprise you. Um, What's next for Meat Mayhem? Like I said, we got the St. Augustine coming up in just a couple weeks. Then we have the Bimini Wahoo Tournament, which we're expecting to sell that out pretty mm-hmm. quick, too. I mean, just with the high payouts. And then we focus again right on, I mean, there's no real downtime. We're right back to... Like you're nonstop. Dude, it's nonstop. Like, I know this because, you know, we work together with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Doing all the artwork and everything like that. So I know the schedule and it's like, just when you think you're past one. Yeah. Like I remember you guys talking, like, I think it was like the night of Fort Lauderdale. We were hanging out and be like, yeah, well, Fort Myers, we start talking about Fort Myers. And I'm like we're in Fort Lauderdale right now. It's so, crazy, but you're already talking about the next one. I yeah. mean, we're, we're, we're trying to finalize all the details right now with, uh, the pro series for next year and where we're going. We got some, like I said, some cool locations. We're going there and, that's kind of where our focus is right now, and we're we're, uh, we're excited. How big was that Wahoo in Fort Myers? You guys caught some huge Wahoo John, in Fort Myers. Eight, it, it was 82 or 83 pounds. 82 or 83 pounds. And we had one that was like 78 the day before. <laughs> yeah. In Fort Myers. Big, yeah. How far are they fish, catching that fish? Like 60 miles. Yeah, it's... I'm so we're so spoiled, like we right here, spoiled. You know, like two miles off the shore. Yeah, like, throw the kites up, we're done. That's mm-hmm. why these guys we're are ready. so excited to go to here St. Augustine. Yep. It's like, yeah, <laughs> fish off the beach. You know, it's funny because I was just um, I just filmed a TV show with George Gods. Yeah, and he's up in like the Stewart Jensen Beach area. And when he came down, we're like, where are we going to go out? I'm like, oh, we'll just go right out of Hillsborough Inlet. And he's like, hey, you guys, you guys don't have to go far at all, right? So we took his bay boat, and we just, you know. Started just drift, you know, just throwing some flats out right, right off the back of the bay boat and you know, caught a couple of kings and stuff like that. And then eventually as the day wore on, you know, the bite kind of shut off. So we just threw the kites up. And once you threw the kites up, we got a couple of sails. Yeah. Um, this is a couple of months ago. On the bay boat is always fun. But he's just, yeah, he's, yeah, on the bay boat it was a blast, right? Because you just feel like you're just surfing and fishing <laughs> at the same time. And, um, you know, he's just like, man, you guys don't have to go out far at all. And I'm like, no, you probably swim to the beach if we really needed to. Yeah. You know, but we're spoiled. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Johnny Morris was the one that hooked up the whole Kevin Van Dam thing. Uh, wasn't it? Well, Bass Pro. Yeah. They're Bass Pro. Their their marketing team. How'd that happen? So they called me up. I just met him at ICAST, by the way. Did you? Like briefly. Uh, Yeah. He probably didn't, you know, Jimmy Wickett. But he's like, oh yeah. yeah." But then we were at the party and then like some other people pulled him away because it was like people all around him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was a pretty cool trip, too. We got to, uh, I got a call, I don't know, four or five months ago, and they said, hey, uh, Kevin Van Dam wants to come to Miami and fish on his vacation with his family or whatever. And I said, okay, great. That sounds, that sounds good, you know. He's 
good dude and he's a big time bass fisherman and i was like putting people on big fish you know the guy's so used to catching like one pounders like right, whoa right right fishing my fish for goggle eyes yeah, in my well right the now bridal you know? that thing. <laughs> exactly so yeah it was cool we um as it led up to it he i got a call and they said hey um gopro is going to do a little deal with it they want to film it or well, i was okay cool cool and then uh they said, okay, we got three days on the books. We're going to we're gonna fish three days. They want to catch a sailfish. And Okay, cool. So then a couple of days before they come in, they call and say, hey, uh, Kevin's got to do something first, so we're only going to have two days to film. And I'm like, crap, went from three days to two days. You know, mm-hmm. how much of a – and it wasn't like a full-blown TV show, but I definitely think they're going to try to use some of the footage for commercials, and God only knows what they do with the YouTube and stuff now. I mean, those guys right. are yeah. animals when it comes to that kind of filming stuff. So. Um, Day before he gets down here, he goes, hey, man, I hate to put this on you. I'm like, oh, crap, he's canceling, you know? And he's like, no, 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 we're not canceling, but we only got one day to fish. I'm like, all right, we went yeah. three to one, so let's uh, see what happens. So get down to the boat or whatever. Good dude, man. Like I said, I had met him a handful of times. We've done some other stuff in the past together and mm-hmm. never really got to fish with him or his family. So it was him and his it was his two sons, right? John was with his two yep. sons and him. Yep. So. Oh, you went too? John, yeah. yeah, John was so. on the trip too, so it was a good trip. It was fun. So that's why you guys caught fish? That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 100%. So we uh, we get running out. We're idling out, whatever, and they're doing their little GoPro interviews, and he's. I overheard him say, he's like, yeah, you know, I was told to come down here. We're going to fish with Jimmy because the whole Bass Pro correlation, we both have the same sponsors, and we're a big family, and da-da-da-da-da, and He's going to put me on the sailfish and no pressure. And I'm thinking to myself, like, um, he's like, there's no pressure, but we're expecting to catch fish. I'm like, all right, cool. A little abrupt, but uh-huh. all right, cool. So we get out there and all along they're talking about sailfish and sailfish. And this was what? This is like the first of June, John, or something like that, right? Like we're just coming out of the sailfish yeah, season. It yeah. wasn't like February, March when they right. were just pouring through. Right. And I kind of explained that to him. I said, look, there'll be some kings around. Still some, t- definitely the tunas were around. You know what I mean? And he's like, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get out there and catch some kings and had a bunch of bite offs and, you know, bass guys setting the hooks and. His sons are big time bass fishermen too, so it's kind of like oh, so they're they're throwing back oh, on the yeah, circle hooks. Yeah, the circle yeah, hook just yeah. like come flying back at us. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was cool though, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's fun to teach guys like that, you know? And so we get a bite and But if you're an angler, I mean you could generally he picks up on pivot quick. pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. I mean no, he the did. guy's not dumb. No. You know, you're by any stretch. <laughs> no, so no, yeah, no. I'm sure No, he didn't. Him he, he and his a, sons, they, they all did really good on the boat. Yeah, they caught on quick. They did good. So we uh we hooked the first one and who caught the first one, John? Was it Kevin? Yes. Yeah, Kevin. So yep. we fought the fish for a while. He did great on the rod. But I mean, like, mm-hmm. dude, it's like, I don't know, two to three foot. It wasn't just whatever. It's a little, little chop. And he jumps up on the bow and he's like, I'm like, dude, be careful, bro. We're not like on the deck of your nitro. Like, right, <laughs> right, right. You know, we're not going to sling this thing in. And so we, we get the fish and we get some awesome shots, man. We had uh, get some really good shots and video and GoPro guy had drone and we had some awesome drone footage and mm-hmm. I was like, thank God, you know, bro, like, caught the sailfish, got some kings, like, yeah, right, we're good. And released the fish and he's like, all right, cool, that was awesome. Now we need to catch two more. And I'm like, about fell over, dude. I'm like, what do you mean two more? Yeah. He's like, oh, well, my boys need to catch one each. And I'm like, right, yep. <laughs> like, like yep. there's that Tighten no pressure. Yeah, yep. exactly. So uh, we wound up 
fishing and fishing, and we, we caught one there, caught another one at the, we caught a second one there a couple hours later, and the bite definitely obviously had slowed down a little bit. And it was cool, and we had some more drone footage, and we're running along, and the GoPro guy's like, hey, you know, why don't I take some running footage of the of the, dr- of the drone, with the drone and boat, and like, Kevin's like, no, nah, I don't think it's a good idea. So they want B-roll while you're trying to catch shellfish. Exactly, so yeah. it's like, all right, now we're focusing towards something else, yeah. and Kevin's like, dude, that this- makes it tougher. Oh, hold on, turn the boat this way. I'm like, dude, yeah. I'm trying to catch the fish. You know? Right. So, yeah, so, I'm looking for current here, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. So we're running down, and Kevin's like, dude, don't put the drone up. The drone guy's like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be cool with the video and the skyline. Right. Next thing you know, the dude crashes the drone. No. Dude, all the footage. He what? Cr- he crashes it, dude. It's dude, still sinking right now. Dude, it's still sinking. Dude, tri- trips down like. So it's all SD inside the drone? It's not, none of it's coming out? Like Yeah, no, all, all the footage was lost. Transfer? So what had happened was he had oh, the, uh, no. he had the return to home feature still on. So the battery got low and the drone's following us. And all of a sudden it just turns around and starts going the other way. <laughs> so we had to turn around and start chasing the drone down, trying to land it. It was return oh, to home. I never, I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah. Obviously I'm not a video guy, but yeah. So return to home. Dude, feature. The guy ripped his clothes off and just like dives right in. Like he's going to go get this thing out of the abyss. And I'm like, I'm taking videos like I'm in the tower. Like this is fucking classic, bro. Like look at this guy. This guy's freaking out. Probably gonna lose his job for the footage. And I'm oh over here dying. God. But needless to say, he got so back the in the thing boat. Just, like just just gone on its own brain. Just turned around. Beep. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> caught the two fish and had no drone footage for the whole day. So you can only imagine what Kevin thought when he was going into that. So oh man, no pressure, you know. No. Yeah. But uh, we wound up setting up right there, and. uh I had a tailor coming down. We were running along and I seen a free jumper and the damn thing was tailing right on the surface. And we pulled in there real fast and set up perfect. And John grabbed the rod and Kevin grabbed the rod. And it was cool because Kevin was like sight casting. Like he would do a bass. Yeah. But uh, his son got tight. We fought the fish for a long time, man. I think the fish was tail wrapped because we fought him for a long time, but we did catch the fish and Mm -hmm. it was cool, man. We got uh, all three of them got their first sailfish. So it was pretty cool feet and. Something nice. they'll definitely remember, that's for sure. It's, Breathe a uh, sigh of relief at the end of the day. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. You have no idea. It's like... <laughs> I'm sure. We lost all the footage, but hey, we had a good day, you know? Well, you guys got some pretty good filming. From we got all the day, GoPro yeah. videos and stuff, yeah. but just we didn't have any drone footage no or whatever. Drone, but yeah. it's all good, man. Like I said, we had a we had a good time, and look, now we got a great story to go with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I mean, I saw some of the, the, the video of it. I mean, it was it's amazing what those little GoPros do, too. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's cool. The day started out great, happy. too. We lost all our bait in the morning. Yeah, all the bait died in the morning. Boat, in the, bait the boat pen. dock behind us cleaned his, cleaned his boat with uh, with bleach. And oh. yeah, so we four, to, we four dozen gogs or five dozen gogs were all, all dead. Bunch of pilchards and herring. Yeah, we lost everything. So It was a, you know, everything is just kind of like a curveball. But if, uh, well if you don't have well. to adapt, that's fishing, man. Like yeah. you said, they keep throwing something at you. You just got to deal with it, whether the conditions or the bait or the drone footage or... Mm-hmm. It's fun though, you know. That's what makes you coming back for more, for sure. You're a professional, Jimmy. No, no. professional. Use that ter- use that term loosely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Man. You, you're a pro. You try. You know what I mean? You make it happen. You got to make it work. You know, and that's that's every day. Yep. I mean, you know, I often talk about that. Um, like, there's a lot of correlations between, you know, fishing and running a studio or even any business really, but um, just adapting. And just like kind of pivoting and having to kind of react to, you know, 
whether it's a client or a scenario or a situation or a timeline or a deadline, you know, um, there's, I, I, I probably say this quote like way too often, but there's an artist, a very famous artist that I love. His name is Chuck Close. Um, and Chuck Close's story is kind of like, you know, he was a you know famous artist in New York in like this late sixties, early seventies. And he got into a car accident and really was like paralyzed from like the waist down and, you know, had to relearn, you know, a lot about his life. And, but he adapted and came up with such a unique art style um, that he kind of really kind of flipped like the New York pop art scene, like on its ear. Um, and he's very famous for like one quote in particular. And this is the part that I say, you know, all too often or say inspirations for amateurs. The rest of us wake up early every morning, get to the studio and get to work. And basically what that means is like, if you sit around waiting for inspiration to come to you to get your job done, you're going to be out of a job. You know, you might as well not do this for a living because doing it for a living and doing it for fun, completely two different things. And it's the same thing with fishing. Yeah. If you're going to sit around and wait for the fish to bite or not work hard to get to where the bite is or understand what you're doing or, you know, learning about, you know, the conditions and, you know, and what needs to happen and the right kind of bait and the right, you know, understand the water colors and just like, you know, staying on it, you know, yeah. um, then you're not going to really do a very good job professionally. It's true. You know, I mean, it's, it's not luck. No. When the same guys keep winning these tournaments or the same guys keep bringing in, you know, the halls. I mean, if you look at some of the great captains in our area, we, in my mind, have some of the best captains in the world right here. It's true. Um, you know, those guys aren't stupid. You know, those guys work hard and but they're the, very smart. You can see who puts the work in. And yeah. You said every once in a while someone gets lucky, but I mean, nine times out of 10, it's the guy's preparation meets success, you know? Yeah, and if you look at one artist versus another artist's work or catalog or what another artist is achieving, you know, in this business or any other business, you know, it's not just because that person's talented. That person is also, you know, paying attention to the landscape of the business or what's going on and there's work really hard yeah, to make true. it happen. So you got to respect that. Sure. You know, you can't just look at what like another artist is accomplishing or another fisherman is accomplishing and look at it with scorn or anything like that. You just kind of look at it and be like, Got to respect it, you know? It's true. So, I don't know. You're a pro. You caught Kevin Dan, Van Dam three sailfish. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time doing it, too. That's for sure. We yeah. learned a lot about him. He learned a lot about what we do down here. And, you know, those guys, they uh, they got a crazy schedule. I thought my schedule was nuts, but, I mean, the amount of appearances and events they got to travel to and fish different waters and never fish some places and then, you know what I mean, go there and compete for hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. It's mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we're lucky enough to, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we're fishing the same handful of baits down here. Everyone's got a little trick or a trade, but I mean, think about it from his standpoint, standpoint, he might go to a lake in Alabama and have to fish the root beer jig with the curly tail twail. Yeah. I mean, right. Mr. Twister, all this. And then he's got to go to, Al- I mean, from Alabama, he goes to Michigan and he's going to fish. It's like, those guys have to adapt more than anybody. I've never... I mean, they we fish the same baits and the same rods and the same rigs just mm-hmm. about every time. Those guys, they what they have to do. I mean, they're 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 geniuses. They it's a work of art for what they do. And I think that's really kind of like um, the thing about bass fishing or even freshwater fishing um, on the whole. At least the guys on that level, the way they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's necessarily about the size of the fish. 
um, but the art or the knowledge and intelligence it takes to be consistent. That's right. And I really think that's what it comes down to with bass fishing. For it's sure. just consistency and the knowledge it takes, you know, and, and, you know, you know, everything that, you know, you've learned over the years. Um, and again, when Kevin Van Dam, something like seven, eight, nine time world champion, yeah. something like some that, crazy. some crazy number like that. I mean, there's a reason that it's him all the time. You know what I mean? It's not, that's not luck. No. You know what he's I mean? Put his work in and he's, he's good at what he does. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. That's killer. So me mayhem. That's it. St. Augustine's next. Rolling into St. A. Here we come. Bimini Wahoos after that. That's right. And then 2020 starts with the Key West Kingfish. Key West. Right on. Land of the Giants. That's my favorite venue. Yeah. Key West. Well, we'll Mm -hmm. be down there for that one too because I know we're going to be even doubly, triply, quadruply involved more this year. And and, um, we've got big things happening. We do. The studio's got big things happening with the Meat Mayhem too. So we're excited about to roll out some of the new stuff that we're doing with you guys and It'll be fun. You know, excited We're about forward to the rest it. of the year and 2020 and making it all happen. Making it happen. Right. That's, that's what it's all about. L- Lauren sitting in the background, really kind of telling everyone what to do. Oh, no, she's right up front and center. <laughs> like. <laughs> no, I mean, like, not coming on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you guys asked, got all out of that out of the way on your podcast. I, I asked her again last night. I'm like, you want it? She's like, no, 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 that's not my thing. She should come on. Yeah. Well, right. she's going to come on with the girls, though. Yeah. As long as you got a few bottles right? of wine. And so, Corinda and Liz, right? And Lauren, they're all going to come on, and we're going to maybe some margaritas or some wines or, you know, martinis. I saw or Liz pop like in that. earlier and, like, laugh at us. Like, look at you guys over there. And yeah. She left. <laughs> right now? Earlier. She opened the door? Yeah. She came in. She smiled. She waved. She laughed oh, at funny. us. She I didn't say know. hello to you. No, she didn't. <laughs> no. Cool, man. Cool, man. I want to thank you for coming in today. No, we appreciate it. Like I said, this is awesome what you got going on, and I think uh, people should definitely be tuning into this because you're going to have a lot of awesome people coming through the door here, and you're going to hear a lot of different stories from all over, and that's what I think these old podcast things are pretty cool is everyone's got a little story, a little bit different, and you know, you're going you're gonna to hear a lot of cool stuff from a lot of different people. I hope so, man. I mean, it took us like a long time to get it to this because I don't do anything unless I do it right. like, full on. You yep. know, so we wanted to build it right. It's done um, right. You know, awesome. and we, we got, you know, a super duper list of people coming on. Um, yourself, obviously, included. Um, and we just wanted to build a community, you You're know, together here. And just, you know, it's, it, it, you know, I know we talked all about fishing today. Yeah. But it's not just a fishing show. No. It's connected by water um, in any way, shape, or form, you know. And it's just that we just want to bring on interesting people to talk about their lives and what they do. And yeah. Um, I'm having a blast Good with this. I mean, this is what our third episode so far. I wasn't expecting all this high tech fancy yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, John did a good job. With <laughs> yeah. It. yeah. By the way, you know, shout out to John for putting all this together. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't have, you know, I, yeah, I kind of had a little bit of a starting point you know, going into this, but you know, he's really the one that kind of put it over the top. So did a good job. Yeah. I was impressed when I saw all this. I'm like, dang, maybe I'm not. It's yeah. a little above my pay grade over here. You know? <laughs> yeah, me too. Right. <laughs> um, it was fun for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, so I'm having, I mean, I hope we do a million of these. Because cool. I'm just loving doing it and bringing everyone in, you know, because I love talking about this. Yeah. I mean, it's just my passion. Just not only just fishing, not only just painting fish and everything, but just the whole lifestyle and the whole culture behind it. Uh, you know, just, you know, growing up in South Florida and just embracing, like, where we you know, cause it leaves an indelible mark on you that you, you take with you forever. Like, you know, just, you know, the, the palm trees, the salt water, the warm air, you know, and just, you know, 
the friends and the people and you know the camaraderie you build around the water that's right i mean because there's there's no other to me there's no other thing that brings people together and you know we had um you know captain vinnie lasorsa on when his and his wife sarah talking about the ffo we talked about that a little bit that when you go fishing with someone it's different than when you go like out at night with someone like for the first time like hey this is my buddy we're all gonna go to a bar all right, cool. You go to a bar, you hang out, whatever. Right? You might, you know, then become friends with that person. But when you go fishing with somebody, right, you kind of form a bond. Like we fish together. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I can probably sit in a room right now with a dude that I went fishing with five years ago, but I haven't talked to him since. And have a, and have a, and then we're tight. Yeah. You know, and because fishing has this really kind of weird mystique way of bringing people together. Yeah. You know, once you go fishing with someone, it's almost like it's like a fraternal thing. It creates a story. Yeah. So, for sure. The memory and the story. Yeah. Sure. So, and I think that's really kind of what we want to accentuate here is that bond of, you know, what this culture and what this community, what Connected by Water does to people. Yeah. You know, because water has healing properties, but it also has, you know, harmonious building properties too. And, you know, I just, it's my life. You that's know it. what I mean? That's this, it. This is it right here. Deep yeah. real, buddy. So cool. Cool. Well, man. Jimmy, thanks for coming. I appreciate brother. man. Thanks yep. anytime. We had a blast. That's for sure. Right on. Do it again. See ya. <laughs>